welcome to another episode of the Third Person Podcast. My name is Chris Milhouse, joined as always with Mr. Daryl Hammond. How are you, Daryl? Better than ever. Better than ever. As soon as I can find my glasses, I think I'm going to be groovy. <laughs> All right. And we're uh, joined as always with our producer, Mr. Jim Search. How are you, Jim? Hello there. <clears throat> what is happening? I'm good. I'm good. Oh, uh, boy. The dream I have being this. Relived. I have the distinct look of a serial killer in, in this fucking thing today, so forgive me. <laughs> I, don't think I don't think anybody's going to be upset, buddy. Well, uh, I've really got now the ugliest. you got sunglasses on. <laughs> I know. I just I, I can't I can't find a way to make myself look unappealing. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. I can't. I can't. Tone, I can't tone down this magnetism, guys. I feel like I want that on my tombstone now. <laughs> I can't find a way to make myself look unappealing. Well. Yeah, I should have said, a, find a way to make myself look appealing. But I mean, it's just, you know, I, I, my computer's not here yet. It'll be here soon. Then I can futz with it a little bit and not look quite as fucking gargoyle-ish, but whatever. Uh, and you got the Blue, Blues Brother look again, man. You got, you got that rock and, rock and roll look with the sunglasses. Uh, well, uh, Linda Cohen, uh, she anchors Sports Center Los Angeles. So maybe she knows what it's like out here. I'm sure huh. she does, man. Um, I, I, for those of those of you who are listening, uh, we took a little time off here and there in between some episodes, uh, just you know, because life happens, guys. I'm moving. Uh, Daryl went back to LA for a bit. Uh, you know, we've got a lot of stuff going up, but just a real quick reminder: please hit subscribe. Please share these posts on social media. Follow us on social media. I am at Chris Millhouse. Daryl is at. Daryl C. Hammond, Jim is at Jim Search, and uh, make sure you make sure you tell your friends. We got some great guests coming up. Uh, you know, we've got an absolutely great guest today. We have legendary sports anchor Daryl mentioned her already, Linda Cohn from ESPN Sports Center. She's a legend, man. She's been next year will be her thirtieth year on Sports Center on ESPN. Isn't yeah. that insane? Yeah, she's the longest tenured Sports Center anchor. I'm Sorry, what, what I'm not very much mistaken. I'm not very much mistaken. There was some organization that named her most influential woman in sports. I mean, what is she doing on our show, guys? I mean, <laughs> like how do, how do we here for you, these, buddy? Well, like, how, do, how how do we keep getting these great people? You know, I would it, say everybody loves Mister Mister Hammond. There, we yeah, uh, sure. In true, in true Blues Brothers fashion, it looks like we're on a mission from God. Which is why they're uh, they're here for us. They're attracted to us. <laughs> so can you guys see? Can you see where I'm, uh, I live? Yeah, oh, that's nice man. You got a nice uh, you know showing off the digs there. You got a nice little uh, little view off your patio, huh? Yeah, I got a great new apartment. Thank the Lord. Whatever awesome. Lord you want, Jesus, Buddha, Moses, Coco Chanel, you name it. One of them, <laughs> one of them, wait in here and say, "Cut this guy a break." Nice, man. Well, you're also like rocking out some shows out there. I want to plug a couple real quick. Uh, you are doing this Friday, May 14th uh, at 8 p.m. Uh, with Jimmy Shin, his show. You're performing with the legend Bill Burr, which is a really killer lineup uh, at the Silver Lake Community Church. And then you'll be back at the legendary Hollywood Improv this Saturday at 8 p.m. on their show. Uh, I believe tickets might still be available for both of those shows or they might be sold out already. I mean, these are... Uh, 
these are just killer shows and people are just excited. I think just to come back to comedy and be able to go back out. So well, the, like, the, 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 they're flying, man. The Jimmy Shen show is, you know, is, uh, first of all, he's a great producer, but um, is in a sort of an amphitheater behind the church. And so it is a great, it's an outdoor theater, but it's a great theater. And I mean, Eliza Schlesinger, Kevin Nealon, Bill Burr, I mean, the, the list just grows and grows of people that want to do good shows. And uh, the crowds are big and Boy, what a difference between that long, difficult winter. <laughs> yeah, man. In, I mean, in, look, in New I, York. I feel like New York is is just like it's like foaming at the mouth. It's like ready to you know explode because everyone's just they're tired of that that shitty winter. They're tired of the pandemic. Obviously, the numbers are way down here, which is amazing. A lot of people being you know obviously vaccinated. It's just a really good vibe right now around here. Uh, and uh, real quick to plug some of my shows uh, and also. Jim's shows. Jim and I are going to be performing together at the legendary 235th. It's uh, a rooftop venue, but there's like, it's an, it's technically an indoor show. It's going to be an amazing show. We've got uh, Melissa Villasenor from SNL. Um, we also have Jessica Curson on the lineup and uh, maybe a special guest or two. So if you guys are listening and you live in New York City area, come see myself and Jim on that show. It's going to be killer. Uh, Saturday the 29th at 8 p.m. Uh, you can find the link to tickets in my social media, uh, or you could just go to 235th's website and you can get tickets there. Um, but, uh, you know, not to cut things short, but we have the legendary Linda Cohn waiting for us, guys. What do you say we uh, we add her on here? How's it Welcome going? to the podcast, Linda. It's great to have you. Thanks for inviting me, Chris and Daryl. Yeah. How did we get you? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, because, I, you know, who gives a shit now? You know, what the hell? We have free time. Let's do it. I don't know. All right. I you're, get anything. I, you're, 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 you're huge. Come on. Not huge. Medium. <laughs> Just medium. Medium well, only. I, I know I speak. I speak for Daryl and myself that we are just honored to have such a uh, legendary sports uh, anchor here with us. I mean, we've all both have watched you for years on ESPN and you do a hell of a job, Linda, and absolutely hell of a job. And we're so honored to have you on this podcast. Well, thanks, Daryl. And I know both of you grew, I mean, Chris, both of you grew up with me, even Daryl. Yeah. And I'm still there, believe it or not, knock on wood. So all good, you know, just why stop now? I have a similar thing. Uh, I just signed a four-year deal with SNL. It just keeps going, and I'm, I count my lucky stars sometimes. To be honest with you, yeah, exactly. But that's a reflection on you. I mean, you, you know, it's people like listen, Daryl. You know, I'm, I'm, I, I, I don't know. I can't even articulate. My kids make fun of me, but they're like, just you know, it, it, stay relevant. They say to me, you know, <laughs> if people still want you to be relevant stay relevant you know and like whatever okay i don't know it, it makes no sense right if we would have looked back in time you know when we were young and someone would have told you know us that we'd be still doing it at our age i'd be like what <laughs> I, I feel very much the same way i just feel like just keep hitting the long ball and you'll keep getting a check you know yeah well exactly in comedy, get make be funny. Are they laughing? Okay, you're getting paid some yeah. way or another. You're gonna get paid. But you know, I, but and especially Daryl. I mean, it's just so great. I mean, and you're doing this podcast, and you're 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 staying. You're doing what you're doing, and and you're making people laugh. And I love to laugh, and so here I am. So 
Let's do it. Well, I would give anything to be interviewed by you about baseball because I love your interviewing style. I just love the way you work and um, delighted to have you here. Oh, thank you. Gosh. Young lady, young lady. Thank you. <laughs> yes, yes, indeed. Um, and Chris is excited too. Hey, Chris, you have a list of questions and everything. Wow, yeah. so official. So official. I, you know, I, I, when you ride the coattails of an SNL legend, you really got to come prepared, you know? <laughs> well, no, it's it's exciting. It really is to be part of this podcast. So thank you, Daryl, for inviting oh. me. And Chris, keep up the good work, keeping this on the air and doing what you're doing to help them out. Mm. Thanks. Uh, we, you know, we appreciate, like I said, you having you on, uh, you know, we've, you know, there's so many things that I was looking to, to ask you, but I feel like you get asked a lot of the same questions all the time, but, uh, I, I, think, I uh, always get different answers. So don't worry about it. Okay. Yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> one of the questions I was going to ask you, what's, what's your, what's your favorite sport? What do you, who, what, you know, what's, what is Linda Cohn like? I know. Uh, yes. Go ahead. Your turn. Uh, hockey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, come on, Daryl. I mean, you love baseball. I love hockey. Uh, Chris, I played hockey. Okay, when you play a sport, I don't know, Chris, if you played a sport. Um, yeah, you know, it's it, right. Okay, it's it's in your DNA. You never lose it. You stay loyal. Uh, there's something about it that gets you excited. For me, it's walking into any arena, any ice rink. It could be in Podunk, Illinois. If I walk, it's the same smell. And I'm not talking about the locker room smell. I'm talking about that smell of the ice rink, you know, so yeah, you just get excited. And, and, you know, but that's, if I had to pick one, it's hockey. The next one after that is the NFL because uh, it's just so damn exciting from week to week. And I just love the business aspect of it as well as the game and the personalities because they stay relevant 365 days a year. There's that word again, relevant, right? I mean, they are, they are king. While mm-hmm. sadly, baseball, you know, has become regional. Tell me what that means. You know what that means. It's sort of like what they always accuse hockey in the National Hockey League of being. And in some respects, they're accurate. I just feel that unless your team, okay, is in the World Series or in the uh, playoffs, right? You see what I mean? That they're yeah. not going to get the excitement. Like, are you going to sit down because you love the game so much? And maybe you are. Because people who love the game of basketball tell me this all the time, who are gym rats and play the game and do their pickup games and all that. They'll watch any game that's on NBA TV, right? So are you that type of baseball fan? I think they're dwindling. That will turn on any baseball game and find the joy out of it, even if they had no emotional connection to it. Yeah, I wonder how many people get the baseball package anyway, you know, where you can watch 500 games a year. Right. But it, it seems to me there was a there was a point when we would learn so much about you know if, for instance you watch ESPN I do yep you learn so much about Peyton Manning and the Colts and Peyton Manning and the Broncos you learn you get all the backstory so you're almost being prepared for a Broadway show and you get and you get so jazzed and into your own team that I forget about how good San Diego is actually in baseball. <laughs> you know, I'm going yeah. to a Dodgers game in a couple of weeks. I love the Dodgers and I love the Giants. My friend Bochi used to manage the, yeah, the Giants. Yeah, great. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, you forget about, wait a minute, San Diego is pretty darn good. You know, yeah. and I, 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 you're yeah, right. Killer team. But, killer team. Right. You know but, you, but, 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 you know, but you at least see it, right? There are other people that don't know the game or just casual fans and they're like, wake me up when the postseason begins, <laughs> then I will get into it. And, you know, you hear that a lot with NBA. You know, uh, honestly, for me, 
you know, you know, it's this is a strange season, right? You know, you can say that about the NHL and the NBA and even Major League Baseball just getting underway pretty much. But, you know, you have to find ways to connect. Like, I'm not talking here as a journalist broadcaster. I'm talking as a sports fan. Because, guys, I'm a sports fan first. I think that's a mm. big reason for my longevity on sports. Yeah. People have told me that, yeah. right? Because I'm it not really being like this, you know, like, oh, look at me, blah, blah, blah. I'm like all about the fans first because that's what I am. So that yeah. I always felt I could connect shows. to them, you know, and then I love the athlete because I just love what they have accomplished. And many of them have overcome such crap, you know, growing up and come from hard mm-hmm. times and that should not be ignored and how they've risen above. And yet I'm, I'm the biggest, you know, Tom Brady fan there is in the world. And people would think he's the most entitled person ever, but no, <laughs> because I love his mental state of always having a chip on his shoulder to this day. And looking to mm-hmm. prove people wrong and, and getting back to the NFL, I mean, how many leagues make events out of releasing their schedule? Yeah, true. I mean, it is like the draft is like the greatest non-sporting event, you know, (laughs) in history, you know, you care about a draft and then here you are just waiting to see what team's going to do what. And you're like, wow, am I I was pumped up and then, yeah. And that's why the NFL is not regional because the NFL, because we care, we sat there and we were so excited. And to Daryl's point, you know, there's this like buildup, like whether it's on ESPN or anywhere you find it, they want to educate you and say, hey, here's what I think. Here's why you should watch this. And then it's the unknown, right? We love the unknown in sports and, and the unpredictable because when we can't predict something and also when the so-called experts don't get it right, the sports fan loves that. So that's why we're tuning in. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I, yeah, go ahead, Chris. Sorry. Well, I was going to say, correct me if I'm wrong, but I mean, going to your point about, you know, this whole thing about regional and and national and just kind of, you know, what's bringing people together to watch and stuff. I think a lot of stuff is coming around. Like for me personally, I was never really in the NBA uh, and uh, into the NBA. And I I really have become into it thanks to sports gambling. Like I I think sports gambling is changing a lot of that for people. I mean, I'm not a huge gambler, but I I do enjoy it. It makes me a little more invested. Like if I'm going to a Knicks game, like I'm, you know, I'm going to probably put Well, now you're into it. Now you're going to watch it. It makes me more into it. And it made me really come around to the NBA. And I think because that's becoming legal. There's nothing wrong with that. You know, like it's coming legal in all these different states now. They're, they're, you know, like the country is seeing like, oh, well, like this can make a lot of money for our state. And, you know, a lot of people are into it. Why not legalize it? And I think it's helping people get into the sport a lot. So you don't have to feel guilty, Chris. It's okay. So if you release that guilt, I I don't feel guilty. Right, because but before it was taboo, and some people got turned on by that, and that's why they did it. But now it's like, oh yeah, I mean, it's cool. They have commercials on it telling me to bet. You know, blah blah blah. No kidding. You know, have an easy app in your hand. You know, you can. That's right. So no, that's a big reason, and that's okay. I mean, I'd be lying to you both right now if I said. Hey, for fun, I haven't like put a few shekels on a game or a prop bet in the Super Bowl. I mean, come on. I ask any one of my colleagues, you know, they've done the same. And if they deny it, they're lying. <laughs> yeah. No kidding. <laughs> but I think it is changing the way people get into sports, though. I mean, you know, like there's even with the Kentucky Derby. I mean, nobody's, you know, there's, there's people that are really hardcore racing fans for horse racing, but like. Oh, you they're know, very small. 
yeah, it's the small you know, group, but yeah, but now people are becoming now that you know that you can gamble on it. You don't have to be there. You can literally, you know, do it from an app on your phone. It seems to be revolutionizing. Like who pays attention to these sports now? I'm old enough to remember, uh, you know, you to your point, Chris, about you don't have to be there. They, the only time you used to be able to bet were these things in New York City called the OTB. Uh, these little oh, yeah. like it was so caricature. Daryl, probably you can you talk about this or know about this. These like guys, you know, uh, chain smoking, sitting in these little you know places in Manhattan, you know, hat, like called the OTB with a hat, right? All just like so that, the know, same I- look. Right? Yeah, well, like a half, a half pint of cheap whiskey in their back pocket. Yes. Yeah, sure. They were everywhere. Where yeah. you got the shady bookie guy and like. Yes, the shady bookie guy. Yeah, one of my one of my, one of my former bosses, not at ESPN, and I won't mention his name. It's pre ESPN because I've worked a lot of places. But uh, let me tell you, before it was like he had one of those shady bookie people and you know and he you know he he was big in sports you know in management but he was into it and i i and i was you know right out of college and i was like huh okay duly noted yeah why are you coming to work with with your arm broken what happened buddy (laughs) yeah right you know the other thing it's funny since you were talking about betting one of my first ever jobs and this will make you guys crack up was a thing called sports phone and it was based out of New York City in the 80s, okay? And what it was, it was, let's face it, it was geared for betters because my job, along with six other guys, and we, I'd work, it'd be in Manhattan. I don't remember the street. I just remember it was easy to get right over the 59th Street Bridge because I lived in Astoria, Queens at the time. Okay. And, um, you know, I'd work until 2 in the morning. And what I did was, was basically uh, go into this little booth that was like the size of a phone booth. And you basically read the scores every 10 minutes. This was before sports talk radio, okay? Mm. So anyone could call a phone number, like Daryl's shaking his head. Yeah, I think I know this. Yeah, anyone could Mm. call this phone number, which was like whatever it was, 1-800-SPORTS-PHONE, whatever the hell it was, and hear me or anybody else, some generic voice, okay, uh, Suns beat the Pacers, 82-45, you know, whatever the hell it is, and do the score. And what do you think that was made for? Betting. But I didn't care. It was one of my first jobs. My first job was working overnight in a thousand watt radio station in Vero Beach. And it was an automated station, but I would come on three times an hour and read sports uh, updates. And I, I used to there love words go. like, you know, the Pacers beat the Kings, uh, the Cubs um, walloped the Padres. Right. <laughs> you know, right. you had to think you of know. different adjectives, right? Yeah, the, the or- Mariners shellacked was my favorite. We're shellacked tonight. Have you ever used crushed? I also like crushed. Crushed, but shellacked was my golden go-to. I couldn't wait to say it every night. Yeah, shellacked. (laughs) It's nice. I'll keep that in mind. (laughs) Yeah, they shellacked. They were shellacked today. And then I would add my own things like chainsawed, bludgeoned. (laughs) Then it got gory. (laughs) Yeah, I think we should bring shellacked back. I think that's a great word. Like, I'll in, work on it in in comedy with us. Like, I, I do stand up as well. So nice, nice, like Chris. And, great. And when we, when one of us, like, if if Daryl was to come off stage, I'd be like, "Oh, you murdered, you crushed, you killed." Right. You know, and, and people don't really like. They're like, "What? Wait, what?" And then, but now, what if I if he comes off stage? I'm like, "You shellacked that audience, man! Shellacked <laughs> it." <laughs> Might get a laugh. 
Yeah, I, I think I think you should use it on your next sports center. I think you yes, should do it I'm in doing it. I'm doing sports center Saturday night. Yeah, I might do a shout out. Yeah, you guys that are late well, sports center out of LA. I might throw a shellact in there. I would be well. I'm playing. Uh, I'm playing the improv improv Saturday night, so I'm going to come home with my improv impossible burger and some Brussels sprouts and watch sports center. Well, yeah, because and you know, as you know, it'll be repeated most of the evening and be perfect mm-hmm. as you unwind. I just mm-hmm. love to hear that you know you're you're performing. Tell me about that, okay? I'm interviewing you now, Daryl. So tell me, like, yeah. since all this COVID mess and all the crap, and Chris, you mentioned you do stand up. Um, I just love hearing that. That puts a smile on my face that you're doing something. Yeah, I mean, we we're doing shows like we're doing a show this Friday with with Bill Burr and Kevin Nealon drops in, Eliza Slavin. Nice. There isn't really anyone that won't drop in, but we're doing it in an amphitheater behind a church. Yeah, it's an out it's an outdoor yeah. show, but it turns out amphitheaters are pretty cool. Okay, they're, nice. They're a real good place to do a show. So doing a number of shows, but I mean, it was you know, as Chris knows, it was a long, snowy winter where you wake up and just say wow another day and nothing's gonna happen today yeah yeah nothing's gonna happen i was a little rusty when i went out there the first time i wasn't shellacking nobody (laughs) you know what i'm saying no one would expect you to shellack anyone after the long layoff i'm sure still shellacked okay (laughs) uh, no i i might have shellacked the other night but in the beginning, it was like broken bat singles and trying to draw a base on balls. I mean, I just was kind of Baby. sucky at first. No, nah, I doubt it. Baby steps, though. Baby steps. We're always hard on ourselves, Daryl. First time back in the cage, Linda. First time back in the cage. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right? exactly. Got to take your swings. Repetition. Bring it all lay down. back. That's right. Going to lay down some bunts, hit some to the opposite <laughs> way like Jeter does. As, yep. if, as, as if. You know, like, help. yeah, I could, I could hit help. like Jeter, but <laughs> it was, well, it's, it's weird because we, you know, obviously with our industry, with comedy and, and, and live performance, it came to it like a screeching halt, you know, so quickly. And, you know, we had all this time off and then we started doing shows outdoors because, you know, we couldn't do anything indoors until right. recently. So like, then you're relearning, you're doing shows outdoors is so different than in, indoors, you know, because it's. You know, you're competing with outdoor noise. I mean, Daryl and I did some shows in Pennsylvania, and he got heckled by a train going by. You know, and yeah, like, oh, we did the show in, train in the middle of a field, and we got heckled by geese going by. You know, like that, these are the things we're putting up with in the middle of. We're about to hit a punchline. You got like geese honking. You know, like all right, I'm getting heckled. I don't, I don't know what's happening. It sounds here. like something from like a Disney movie, Heckle and Jekyll. Remember the geese on a branch? Was that from Dumbo or something? And they were like making fun of somebody. <laughs> That yeah. you just been, you just brought that all back for me as a child. Well <laughs> good, done. Good, good. <laughs> I'm glad that if I've done nothing for this podcast, I've done that. You know? Yes. Uh, yeah, but, but you yeah, know what? I mean, you got like, but what's great is, guys. You know what you're saying is, you know, you found the positive out of it. You know, let's leave the train yeah. and the geese out of it. But you found the positive of like, hey, I'm doing this. I'm going to make it work. It may not be perfect, but you know what? The people that are hearing you, they don't give a shit. You know, they're oh, just yeah. loving that you're making them smile. 
they were happy mm. to, I think, be just be able to go to these outdoor shows, even though it's, you know, there's heat lamps and you're freezing, you know, in the middle of a field in Pennsylvania or Connecticut or wherever. We yeah, and no, like, exactly. You know, it, it was just after when you've been stuck inside for so long and, you know, you just haven't had any sort of live entertainment. People were like, you know what, whatever. If that's what it takes to see some live comedy and people, you know, like me and Daryl want to do it, let's do it. Like, you know, let's, let's, you know, let's keep going. And uh, now it's, it's weird trying to transition back. Cause here in New York, I'm in New York and Daryl's actually in LA right now, but uh, yeah, that's you know, where I'm at in LA, in LA. you know? Right. Yeah. That's it's where I live. Things in LA just opened up for indoor standup now. So like, yeah. last and I think was the first weekend that things could go. And now it's, you've got to readjust back. And, you know, I, I remember my first show here a couple of weeks ago back indoors. And I was just like, this is, this is incredible. I forgot how great we had it. And it made me nice. appreciate yes. you know, the moment even more. And, you know, people, the audience clapped just for me saying that, like, that's how, you know, fun it was for me. And they could see the genuine joy that like I had just to be there, you know, and it, it was, it's, it's just very cool to be able to hopefully get back into, you know, normal times, if you will. And, you know, Daryl's back at the improv and I'm jealous because I, I miss the improv, you know, <laughs> well, move out here. <laughs> I was, I was, I lived there for a long time now. Okay. Yeah. But you know, it's, <laughs> well, you know what? Um, you, um, you guys probably know this place and, and Daryl, especially you, cause you currently are in LA. Um, you know, uh, that, well, I think it's called the, uh, I'm in Hermosa beach. So the comedy store, Oh, the, sure, comedy magic, yeah. magic club. Yeah. Comedy club. So thank God before it closed, I was able to go several times, loved it. Awesome. As you know, and a legendary, um, yeah. And so it's so sad because it is still all boarded up. It's all mm. in dark black. I walk past there with my dog, you know, a few times a week this and it just breaks my right? heart. Yeah. It breaks my magical. heart. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And yes, exactly. I, mean, it's, um, I, I, I drove by it the other day and it's sitting there like an umbrella carcass, you know? Yes. Oh. And I'm like, oh, wow. Huh? Yes. I love that wow. place. You know, shout out to Richard who runs that, man. That, that, I love Nice that guy. Place. Yeah. Yeah. They really and, take care of every comic and all the audience members. Like they, they oh, just so know how to run a good club and treat people. And so I Yeah. Really, and uh, of all kinds, yeah. right? So veterans, you know, and guys and gals that are just starting out. I mean, um, I, that's what I love about it. I love watching people who are just trying out their acts. You know, you guys can relate to that, you know, and that kind yeah. of venue, you know, to see what kind of reaction must be I wanna, wonderful. I want to uh, touch on, um, you know, you breaking into a predominantly male dominated profession, but I want to say it in a, a little bit more of a dopey way than that. Chris, you can t- <laughs> yeah. I, I, cause and Chris, you can edit, you guys can hold for edit and you might want to edit this out, but I want to see if Linda, if you can, if this resonates with you. When I lived in Brooklyn, I, um, there was a men's, um, fast pitch softball league that was across the street. Well, I love fast pitch softball and I went every single day and the top team in the league, you know, it's a men's league in Brooklyn. Right. The top team in the league, league had a woman uh, playing shortstop. Nice. And I and, and 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 I mean these guys were good, man. These guys were good, and these games were were big, high stakes, like you see in some basketball courts in, in big cities. These are yep. big deals. And and I remember saying to one of the guys on the team afterwards, I was like, "Tell me about the the woman playing shortstop." Yeah. He said, and he says to me. Whoever has the best arm plays short. I love That's it. it. I, lo- yeah, I love the whoever, answer. Yeah. Whoever has the best arm plays short. That's it. And that's all. 
that's it. I love the new. And York that's accent. how it should be in every industry. Like you know, if like the, if the, she's the best for the the, the position, hell yeah. But, and, and I got a feel when you showed up in, in in the men's club, your enthusiasm, your knowledge had to be so infectious. They just had to make way for you, Linda. Don't you think? Oh, thanks for that. I mean, thanks for that, Daryl, that kind words. And you know what? I learned early. And it's funny you brought up that story regarding the woman playing shortstop in that all men's fantastic fast pitch softball league because I learned to have a thicker skin because I was a goalie. I played on the boys' team in high school playing ice hockey. I had mm-hmm. a dream that mm. I just wanted to play ice hockey. I want I was a goalie, you know, and, and I, I didn't play with girls until I went to a small school college called Oswego State, which was near Syracuse, New York. It was a state university in New York school. And I only went there because I heard they had great sunsets. They liked to drink. And by the way, they had a girls hockey team. So I actually played, you know, played hockey there. But before that, I only played with boys and young men. And to play on my high school team, it was better than going to my senior prom, which, oh, by the way, since I didn't go to my prom because I couldn't go with the captain of the hockey team or, you know, the you know, the star quarterback, you know what I mean? So I was like, Mm. I'll skip this. I'll get ready for my next hockey game. So, Mm. um, yes. So anyway, I'll tell you something that really got me ready as prepared as I could be to hear the whispers and hearing people saying, what's she doing there? What's, is that a girl with a ponytail coming out of her goalie mask in the back of her head? I mean, so, and when I started at ESPN way back when in 1992, July of, I mean, uh, you know, if people called up because, you know, there were no, uh, there was no internet, right? There was just, it was just like, you know, if you can get ESPN's number and you didn't, you wanted to complain about something, the switchboard would put the, oh, we'll put you right through to her phone. Okay. So I'd get these voicemails oh from people. Seriously, this is what it was like. Wow. I mean, I mean, oh, oh yeah. You're Linda Cohn. Okay. Here, hold on. You know, right. These voicemails and like, uh, you know, someone from, I won't name certain states, but they never heard saw a woman deliver their sports and they just would find something to pick on. Now, there was a lot of positives, but of course me hearing maybe one negative, that just got me more fired up. Like I I didn't, but also the hockey background and playing with the boys team and playing with guys and being around that culture really got me prepared for what I was going to face everywhere I went working in a man's world. But eventually, I don't care how how misogynist the, the dude is. If his team is important to him, eventually he's going to wait. Just say, "Hey, wait, just wait, just listen. Let's let's listen to this. Let's hear this. You know, because you were bringing you were bringing the, the, the stuff, right? And they realized I'm one of them, and that's all that I was doing. You know, connecting to the ESPN fandom. I wanted them to know that I'm a fan just as much as you. And I let that out and, mm-hmm. uh, and I connected. And, and whoever and plays the co- best, arm, whoever plays the best has the best arm plays short. Yes. And that's <laughs> it. And I, and, and the, the guys on my team in my senior year in high school, they're like, she's got a great glove. She makes ah. the big save, you know, ah. Hey, you know what I'm she's- saying? So, there it got is. a great, got a great glove. Great glove what hands, a, yeah. What are you, what are you gonna do? Great hands, great gloves. Yeah. Do well, how did that, you make? We can it relate to... with a baseball, baseball, hockey. See, goalie. You know, you can. Mm-hmm. There's a connection there with a great glove hand. You know, the mitts. Uh, that's what I was. That's actually yeah. what I was looking for. What's what, <laughs> yes. What's, 
what's the component? You know, what's the companion piece to whoever plays the best, has the best arm play short, and it's she's got a great glove. Yeah, see? What, what, yeah, what are you going to do? Got a chick on that team. She's got a great <laughs> glove, all right? Right. What, what am I supposed to do? All right? I, I know she wears lipstick. So what? <laughs> got a great glove. What am I going to do? I, we got to have this game tonight. Right? right? <laughs> exactly. It always comes back down to that. May the best person play. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, absolutely. And how did you, well? So how did you make that transition from playing to ended up being in, in, a sportscaster? I mean, well, he, you know, here's the thing. I, I'm like because they didn't make obviously. I had no shot of making it to the National Hockey League, and there was no professional women's hockey league at that time. So I said to myself, okay, I'm going to give myself a fighting chance to uh, do any kind of sports or be related to sports for a living right? To get paid for it in some way, whether very little getting paid or getting paid, you know, where I can live in this beautiful place in uh, Los Angeles, you know, type of thing. Um, you know, it just, and that's how I did it. And so I always had a backup plan. So I started out in radio, which I'm still doing at, you know, Sirius XM Mad Dog, a sports radio, which is great. I can just just talk. I have takes something, you know, I can do a lot, you know, typical New York girl. Hey, I like to talk. Um, you know, <laughs> but, um, so yeah, so that, um, I just, uh, I said, so start out on radio. Then I'm like, you know, I'll always remember getting together with the relatives, you know, I'm like in my twenties, you know, just graduated college, you know, I'm doing radio for a few years and people in the Thanksgiving, you know, dinner with the aunts and the uncles and the whole thing. And they're saying, oh, the radio's nice. I heard you a couple of times, but you know, when are you going to do TV? And then I'm like, um, damn it. All right. I'm, <laughs> screw them. I'm going to show them that I can do TV. And then, you know, after a few rejections, you know, and crying to my mother thinking, oh, well, I can't believe it. You know, that I'm not, you know, I got a job and I searched across the country. I made my own videotape. Uh, I worked on Long Island first with cable TV. I had to work in news. They didn't let me do sports. I created a sports tape sent it across to cities I wanted to live in our beautiful United States. Seattle came through for me. That was my big break. They hired me to be a sports reporter, weekend sports anchor, and that's where ESPN spotted me. When I talk to young people, I always tell them, and you guys can relate, probably have the same conversations, people who look up to you both, and you just say you have to make your own breaks. And guess what? It may not happen for you, but at least when you look back, you can say to yourself, Hey, I tried. I really tried. It's damn 100%. subjective. You know, and you guys know this. You're in entertainment, music, sports, all mm. the same. It's all freaking subjective. It's all about networking. It's all about timing. I try to instill this into my grown children. You know, my daughter gets it. You know, she's a 29-year-old. My son is happy in his existence as a 25-year-old. He's just not as wired like that. Yeah, but I still yeah. love them, and as long as he's happy, you know what I mean. You know, Sometimes so it comes that's to the age it. a little bit too for him, you know. And yeah, you're right. Maybe when he gets closer to thirty, he'll be like, "Oh, all that stuff my mom kept telling me is going to make it." Sense. <laughs> Holy I shit! Know. You know, I know, right? It's a fine the amount of when crap you're a that my parents, the amount of crap my parents kind of you know tried to give me with as far as advice goes, and I just didn't listen, or you know, one ear out right. the other kind of stuff. That makes me feel now better. It makes Chris. so much more that sense. Makes- that makes you feel better, Chris. Thank you. It does. Absolutely. <laughs> it, come, it comes around. It takes a little time. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, but I mean, it's, it's a little bit more of a meritocracy um, than than stand up. At least in stand stand up, someone can say, "I saw Daryl Hammond." It's just, I don't know. I'm not feeling it. You can't really say. You know, you well, can't okay. really say. You know, I saw Michael Jordan last night. I, I don't know. I don't know why people get so excited about. <laughs> right. It. Uh, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. But when yeah, I was, that's, yeah. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, I wanted to say. When I was 19 years old, I, I was at the University of Florida, and I nice. went to w, WDVH there, and um, I pitched this idea for uh, a, a five-minute weekly broadcast that could be um, done in the middle of the night. I'd have it ready by midnight after the Gator game, and I would get all the Gator players to call. Nice. It was, it was heaven. They didn't pay Oh, my me. gosh. They no, didn't pay of me. I, I didn't care. I didn't care. Who cares? I mean, I worked for free for a really long time. Yes. And, but, but I mean, to be able to walk into the Gators dining room and talk to anybody, including the coach, Doug Dickey at the time, was like heaven for me. And I, Hey, by the I, way, they love that attention, too. That's yeah. why they connected with you. They felt like the big time when they had you giving them a voice. Well, I think when the Gator players, even though I had no experience, what I did know was was football, and, and I did know baseball, and I did know jocks. You know, I knew them yeah. well, and I was not some guy who's like you know, t- not going where he wants to go, or he's tired of his career, or he's got too much. You know, I was nineteen years old. I never got tired, and I was fascinated by every fucking everything they said you know yeah yeah you're right it's infectious and and eventually even the coach you know the head coach was really good to me good and that's that's great now what so okay that all being said Mm. what stopped you from going all in in that direction and get into sports full-time you obviously have multi-talent but what brought you into comedy that way what was your journey there well, first of all, um, I wanted, I had been in front of crowds and I still wanted to be in front of crowds. So I, at the university of Florida, I did, you know, auditioned the theater department. I got a play yep. or two and then I moved to New York city. This is literally how this went down. I went to New York city and, um, I don't know, through a friend of a friend of a friend, I got plays to see Meryl Streep in a play called taken in marriage at the public theater. And this is a long story, wow. but it has a point. No, it has a point. Yeah. So I, I'm, I'm in the front row. And Meryl Streep is playing this Connecticut snob who's got a cold and who has to cry a couple of times, okay, with the Connecticut accent and a cold. <laughs> so I watched, I, I watched her for two hours, and I was, I was so dumbstruck. It was like watching a great hitter hit a line drive or, you know, Mariana Rivera's cutter if you're behind home plate. You know, you, you're, I, I'm like dumbstruck and my friend goes are you okay like what's wrong with you huh. and i said i said let's because we were all we were in acting class you know yeah we were taking classes and reading all the books and everything and, and i said listen my man i think i'm going into comedy he goes what what what, what? and i go well i don't know what we're doing in our acting class but we're not doing that okay yeah. and we're not gonna be doing that do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like I realized, oh, wow. Some deep part of me, some God part of me was like, bro, this is not your thing. Yeah. Yeah. You're pretty funny, but, but you're pretty funny. Maybe try that a little bit or something, you know? So that, that's how it started. 
How boring was that story? Did you like any part of it? I did because, you know, the part you had me at Meryl Streep crying, which I early in her career, that's I always thought that's all she did in every role that she mm. ever had early on. You know, of course, Kramer versus Kramer, like the first one that where she was on the map, all she did was cry through it. But yet I think she was nominated for an Academy Award. But uh, that's why you had me at that. So actually, the story was fascinating. But, but I, you must I have, always, you, you know, I like to know how journeys that's very, you know how that's important to me because someone like you could have gone many directions. Well, I could have lingered in acting class and been a great B actor and I've done some great B actor acting <laughs> on, some real, on, some, on some really good shows. You know, I ended up getting some law and orders and I, you know, I did damage. You know, and, I knew you had, can I just tell you something? I just finished just to, I just want to refresh my memory of the greatness of law and order. So mm-hmm. I binge watched from start to finish all 20 seasons mm-hmm. in a row. Yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah. That's how much I love that freaking show. And guess what I'm on now? Law and Order SVU. Oh, no. I, you didn't. I, I, I had to go to that one. I, I, Did you so see me? I probably have seen, I probably saw you in the original Law and Orders because I saw all 20 seasons. Can you tell yeah. me the episode and I'll rewatch it? I, I can't I think remember. I, did. I, I don't remember the number of the episode. I just remember. Give me this story. Some, the story was I played a lawyer who, quote unquote, helped kids, uh, disadvantaged kids, at risk kids who'd been charged with crimes. And so I would be their advocate, advocate for little or no money, mainly because I like to paint myself white and blood red and, and bring them over to my house and do stuff to them. Yeah, was that SVU? Because that fits an SVU story. Yeah, yeah, it's SVU. All right, well, I I, haven't been, I'm only in season one. Uh, I just started season two, so I don't think I'm up to you yet. (laughs) So I I want you to call me and tell me, I don't think you saw, I don't think you sucked. I don't think you sucked in that. Because I did, I, I was over my head, but I didn't suck and I knew it. It's like, you know, I, I don't know if, if I, I remember one time I, I hit a fastball out of the park at, at Provost Park in Cocoa Beach, you know, impossible, impossible. There was this guy pitching it through in the 90s and I, I, I literally didn't even see the ball. <laughs> I sw- I, I'm like, I'm, I'm going to strike out and I'm going to strike out big. And I swung from my ass and I and I blindly and I connected with one of these 90 mile an hour fastballs. Yeah, the damn, the damn thing went over the wall. How'd that, like, How'd that oh, feel? How'd that feel, Daryl? How did God. that feel? Where do you put oh. that up in your top five amazing moments of your life, right? I'm going to put it up there. It's, it, it is. It, it is. And uh, But with SVU, the director was yes. so concise and Ice-T was so good and Mariska Hargitay was so good. Oh, I, I just, them. they just made, I swear to God, I was out there thinking to myself, these guys are making me look good because I, I don't, I don't know what the hell to do out here. Well, but I will cut- let you know when I see your episode because I'm only oh. on season two. I mean, Mariska Hargitay yells at me with, she was so convincing. At one point I wanted to go, hey, what are you yelling at me for? I didn't do nothing. <laughs> oh, shit. Sorry. You're, oh, sorry. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Wait, I forgot what I, my character. Yes, I have. Oh, boy, sorry. You're right. <laughs> Oh man, yeah, I'm obsessed with that. Uh, they're acting, and, and and you were probably awesome. I can't wait to see that episode. But uh, all of them, they're great, and the way they've ushered actors and actresses in and out of the roles, like 
one day you look and like, where, where'd that, where'd they go? Oh, they've been uh, transferred to narcotics. You know, the guy in the old state <laughs> commercials, what's that actor? He started out early SVU. I forgot his name and forgive me, but he Who does all state commercials. Yeah. Every day, everywhere. He started on- there. So, right. He suddenly was like, Oh, we have to move you to narcotics. You can't handle this working with the uh, rape victims and you take it to the heart. And anyway, I just think, uh, that guy, Dick Wolf, I'm, I'm sure you yeah. know. Yeah. I mean, oh my God. And Dick Wolf is like, Genius. look, we're going to have, we're going to have SVU Charlotte. Uh, we're going to have SVU, <laughs> know. you know, Atlanta. I, know. I mean, I believe know. me, believe me, I'm taking care of you. All right, pal. All right. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Incredible, man. I thought NYPD Blue is the greatest drama cop series ever. But man, after I exhausted myself with Law and Orders, uh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. So mm-hmm. there you go. that's one of my hobbies of late, just watching old Law and Orders and not <laughs> nice. new stuff. Well, so many of them. <laughs> yes. It, even if you've seen them before, you can put them on and just run them the whole day. Yeah, and you're, you know, you're in there doing something in the kitchen, and you run back in the living room to see your favorite part of of, of that episode. Because, oh yeah, strangely enough, every yeah. episode is at least good. And strangely enough, every episode has someone like yourself, someone who early on in their career, figuring it all out, is in that episode. I mean, I could go on and on with it, as you know, Daryl, who's been in Law and yeah. Orders and Law and Order SVUs. There's I'm like, oh my who, god. Who hasn't? Right? Who hasn't? Right. right. In your industry. I think I'm the only not, one. <laughs> you are the only one, Chris. You have not been in it. I you know. I mean, uh, yeah. I saw Billie Jean King as a judge in an old law and order. She had oh, like yeah, a right. you know a, a three two minute part. <laughs> I just you know, I, I wanted to go up to Dick Wolf and go, Can I can I'll do anything you want, anytime. <laughs> I just want to be a, I want to be a bartender, and I want Jerry Orbach to hand me oh, a picture. Yes. And oh, I want to, so and, and I And I want to be able to say to him, nah, I ain't seen him. So what's this about anyway? <laughs> <laughs> ah, that is perfect. And you know what else is great about that show? And this is what my daughter loves about it because she loves New York, um, is the fact that just seeing New York, you know, and Chris, mm. you live there now, but the way it used to be and how they took us from the 90s all the way through the 2000s, through 2010s, just, and I'm a New York girl. Like, I was born in Manhattan Hospital, you know? So that's really one of the things that I love about it, right there on the streets and filming it. And Yeah. Absolutely. Good stuff. I, that's, I love that same thing, too. I, every time I pass by that courthouse when I'm yes. downtown, I, you can't yes. help but hear the music in your head. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah, yeah, amazing. It's, it's, like, it's, it's, like, it's like a McDonald's single burger. It's good every time. Every time. Linda, it's always good. Always yeah. good. Always oh, at gosh. least good. It's, it's, yeah. it's my go-to, man. It's like, okay, all is good. It's comfort. That's what I figured it out. Like, you know, we've had our tough times sitting at home. You know, I'm here with my dog who I love, you know, but I mean, I'm like, Okay, wait, I'm not doing anything tonight. I'm not working. Good. I can just chill and watch Law and Order SVU. And now suddenly there's mm-hmm. like a calming feeling. Yeah. And, <laughs> and, 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 and eat a bowl of soup, you know. And- <laughs> I know. Or I have to stop eating three bowls of cereal and then I'll figure out the soup part. That's always been my weakness. <laughs> is that your food? Mine is. Yeah, mine is mother- well, yeah it is. Mine sadly. is nut butter. Yeah. Oh, yes. You know, you got to be careful, though. 
I've polished do. off like, oh, you know, man. almond, half a thing of almond butter. I might as well have eaten a tub of ice cream. I'm telling you. <laughs> I mean, I, how many times have I went, how many slices of cheese, cheesecake is that? You know, like, <laughs> oh, I, just, I, know. I, I just did half a jar. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I discovered this great new, another go-to. Sorry to talk about food, but I'm sorry. This is what happens. Um, You're famous. Talk about whatever you oh, want. Well, so are you. <laughs> The um the equivalent you remember when we were growing up Cool Whip okay well that's oh. all full of yuckiness and they have something called Cocoa Whip which is made from like healthy ingredients you know like brown rice syrup tapioca this you know gluten free dairy free I'm give like the, the half fact. a tub later <laughs> half a tub later it's done I'm like oh my god what did I just eat it's like eating air but it's not. Anyway, that's, that's swear, the weakest. Swear to me that you've never got into the Nutella. Nutella. No, Nutella, Nutella? no. I am Nutella. not into it. I like, stay, if I'm stay talking away. chocolate, I'm going straight on just normal All chocolate. Right. All right, not normal sure. fudge. You yeah, love it? You, you good? You, th- you love you Nutella? Th- you th- oh, you think it's harmless. It's nothing. It's a chocolate substitute. It's not really chocolate. Oh, my God. <laughs> that stuff yeah. is cracked. Stay away. Yeah, that- yeah, that's how I, you're right. I have to stay away because that's how I treat this cocoa whip stuff. Yes. It's too, it's oh. too good. Yeah. Oh. All right. Uh, Chris is like, what are they talking about? Listen, no, 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 it's yeah, great. I, mean, yeah. I love talking about food. I'll, I'll talk about Listen, food. Listen, it could day, be worse. I could be, I could be that, ti- I could be that, ti- that's what I always, this is how I rationalize it. I could be that typical stereotype of a woman my age. Oh, let me have a half a, you know, glass of red wine, glass of lead, red, you know, that's not me. I don't drink. You know, I really don't drink. So now it's like, all right, let me portion my servings of stuff that makes me feel good while I watch Law and Order SVU. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's like I got nothing, you know, nothing to do tonight. I don't really feel like going out, but I don't want to right. be totally bored. But I don't want to do jumping jacks. <laughs> right, I'll go you, on my you, Peloton. Yeah, Law and Order and a little a little Nutella or Cool Whip or Coke yeah, Whip, whatever it is. Yes, yeah. good stuff. Uh, not Crazy. to get too far off topic with food. Oh yes, which we have. I wanted to. Uh, I wanted to bring back something that Daryl said a little bit ago, where Daryl was talking about uh, the, you know, having the the Florida Gator players call in, and then they feeling like you know almost like a rock star because they got yeah to talk to a radio personality. Is that similar with you, like with athletes? Like I mean, because I've I've heard Steve Levy talk about this in the past where he felt like, you know, athletes started recognizing him. Did you have that same type of thing where you're like, oh, really? Like, am I a rock star? Like, it's because it's kind of a cool thing because they they appreciate you for reporting on them and talking about them, I think, right? Well, yeah. I mean, the best thing that happened to me early on when I knew I was on the right track and I knew what I was doing was working and I was connecting. So not only I was kept connecting to fans, because first with fans, guys would come up to me and they would say, listen, I'd never take my sports from a woman before you. They would always preface it. It's oh true. God. And they would always preface it with, take this the right way. And I go, sure, what? And then they would say that line, you know, and I'd be like, oh, no. I go, I love that. That's like the greatest compliment I can get, you know. And, I, and again, I started in 92 and I was starting to get those compliments in the 90s, you know, when people were seeing me and recognize me. And with the athletes, oh, my God, when I, you know, when I first started getting recognized, you know, I remember a great scene of, you know, where I was um, at a party and, you know, they recognized me. And then it was Michael Jordan and Wayne Gretzky was at it. Terrell Davis was at it. You know, this was, again, like late 90s. 
And I'm mm-hmm. sitting at a bar, I'm standing at a bar in between Michael Jordan and Wayne Gretzky, and we're all having a conversation. And it's, mm-hmm. of course, all off the record. And all my best conversations with athletes are, of course, off the record. And to me, what was most important was my, was my friendships with these athletes, not about stories. And maybe, maybe that, you know, maybe I put that first and maybe so I didn't win a trophy, <clears throat> you know, big deal, right? Or I didn't win some award or I wasn't, you know, like it maybe affected how much I made that I didn't get, you know, the big athlete for a sit down. They trusted me to just chat and invite me into their parties or this or that or big events. And I was thrilled with that or playing, you know, celebrity golf tournaments with them. To me, that's when I knew I made it because they trusted me. Okay, and that and that that was everything to me. So not only they they liked what I did. Yeah, yeah, that, you know, like what I did on the air, but they had to get to know me. And then they're like, oh, yeah, you're yeah, you do get it. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You know, like, like, I'm not trying to be somebody. That's who I am. Mm hmm. Was there like for me, I'm going to ask you if there was a single moment dot dot dot. I want to tell you. I played the White House and SNL and played Library of Congress and Joint Chiefs of Staff. I mean, I played a lot of cool people. I played for presidents, and that was really awesome. But yeah, being being a guy who wanted to be an athlete and couldn't possibly ever be one, I was. I I, I played. Uh, I got hired to do a, a show for some really wealthy people at parks. I'm sorry, there's a plane going inside. I. Um, for some really wealthy people in Park City, Utah. Okay. Yeah. So I'm there, and they're and they're I'm there, and they're paying me really well, and I'm up there, and I'm having a, you know a good set. And I looked down in the front row, and, and my brain said something like, <laughs> "For a minute there, you know, just that guy looks a little bit like Michael Jordan." Oh, and another wow. part of my brain, yeah, another part of my brain goes, "No, I'm pretty sure that's Michael Jordan, dude." <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, that can't be Michael Jordan. I, he's watching me perform. Right. And I was like, no, I'm pretty sure that's MJ right there. Well, the show ended. I had one of those nights when things went well. There was a yes. standing ovation. And he nice. was stand, He was standing. Oh. And I thought to myself, you know what? Maybe I don't suck that much. Maybe... <laughs> Such a great feeling. Maybe I still yes. got a little a little left on my fastball. Yeah. Okay. That's oh, so man. cool. What a moment. Yeah. Yeah, yeah um, that's so cool. And that's why you keep doing it. You know, right? I mean, we we're not morons. If, if people weren't standing for us or seeking us out or wanting to say hi or meet us or whatever, or you know, we'd well, probably he, get you know, or he, not be hired he, anywhere. Yeah, when he he asked to take a picture, and I had the slightly the slightly woozy sensation, Linda, that something was awry in the scheme of things, right? Like what happened in the stars? But I get what you say about about the night standing next to Gretzky. That must have been for a hockey a hockey junkie. That must have been crazy. Yeah, and then just with Michael and I love MJ too. I mean, he's the guy; he'll always be the goat, you know, and. And, uh, you know, he's the best. But, like, I remember you, you brought about how you always wanted to be an athlete and obviously not a, as athletically inclined as you would have liked to be, you know, right? Right. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, musicians always also wanted to be athletes. And I remember way back uh, when I first started ESPN, um, you know, I wanted to do a story with Jay-Z. 
And this was before he started getting involved with ownership with the Nets at that time. But I sat down with Jay-Z and Tracy McGrady, who wanted to be each other. And it was fascinating. Um, mm. mm-hmm. It was absolutely fascinating. And here's a fun story, but not at the time. I was so depressed. My producer at the time, this story never aired on ESPN because we went ahead and put Jay-Z's music on it and we did not get the proper permission. And mm. even that after we got the proper permission, like ESPN was going to have to pay a ton of money to allow this to air mm. because of the music rights. Mm. And so it never saw the light of day, even though my Man. producer and I put all this work into it. But I'll always remember it. It was in Philadelphia. It was a year when they had the All-Star game there. And I got them both to sit down. And just to your point about there's Jay-Z wanting to be an NBA player, and there's Tracy McGrady who wanted to be Jay-Z, you know. So it was just pretty cool. So, yeah. That is amazing. That's yeah. an amazing moment. Amazing moment. <clears throat> yeah. No, for sure. So, yeah, I uh, imagine you've got a lot of those type of moments over there. I mean, um, was that your favorite interview of all time, or who was your favorite I mean, athlete interview? you have one? Or is it I mean, you know, terrible? it's like a lot of, I, you know, it's hard to say. I mean, I know that sounds so cliche. No. I really can't. have a lot I of interviews. I can't pinpoint, you know, one. I just think they're all, uh, un, you know, they're all unpredictable. You know, the one that a lot of people tie me to was it was live on Sports Center. It was with Ken Griffey Jr. Mm. And, yes, and and got a lot of air, you know, vi- went viral because it's so bizarre. I couldn't have been more pleasant toward him. Uh, he was pitching this thing where it's something with baseball cards. I forgot what it was, but it was with tops or something. Mm. And um, it was after he retired, actually. And Ken and I go way back because I used to work in Seattle when he played there with the Mariners. Matter of fact, when I was pregnant with my first child, he rubbed my tummy and was talking to my unborn child, bending down, talking to my... I mean, we we really got along great. So you could imagine my shock when Mm. he, he, you know, we did this and I was in the studio. He was somewhere else. And he couldn't have been more like uninterested, like want to get away, want to be somewhere else. That was Ken Griffey Jr. And like, didn't give me the time of day. And I kept trying to go back at him, not in a mean way, but like, oh, I changed the question. I did this. I went on this angle, all the same blah. And then I just let him go. Now, what was great was he did get my number and he called me to apologize for what he did. And I'm like, yeah, that really meant. And that went a long way. So sometimes, you know, it's the, the, here's typical me, Chris, the the interviews I remember usually aren't the greatest ones because they're like, I expect that of myself, right? Like when it's not out of the ordinary, you're now over it's smooth, right? You know, you guys know that when you do a performance, okay? And you're like, but then if there's something that goes awry, well, then that's what you remember first, you know, (laughs) type of thing, you know, um, and I mean, I've done a lot of uh, interviews, but that's the first thing that came to mind when you mentioned memorable, um, because, <laughs> wow. it, because it came out of nowhere. And one time I interviewed um, another one that I did not understand. And, and I, you know, and Daryl, you know about this, like with the uh, sometimes at Sports Center, we would get to interview uh, real famous actors, right, who are pitching mm-hmm. a movie, right? Mm-hmm. So, again, they might have done their 80th interview of the day might have been with me, right? Coming on live on SportsCenter. So I had one with Bruce Willis and Matthew Perry. I forgot what movie they were in together. 
but they were in a movie and they were, they couldn't have been again, more like, uh, rude. Like they didn't want to, you know, I was like, and and, you know, I I gave them the benefit of the day. I must've been their hundredth, you know, you know, again, interview of the day. And to Matthew Perry's credit, I saw him at an ESPYs a few years later and he apologized. Oh, okay. Yeah, he, I have never right. seen Bruce Willis since, but yeah. Uh, He's um, a, yeah, Matthew Perry, I only <clears throat> met him briefly. He seemed like a real sweet guy, but, yeah. but sometimes, you know, the publicity people put them through and, and it's very keen of you to, to intuit that. Yeah. And they put them through hell. Right. Um, from 7 a.m. till 11. Yes. They finally get to you at 11. And, it should really be the other way around with the with the big guns like you. I mean, but, but it doesn't it doesn't work out that way all the time. Yeah, so I I get it, you know, and I just I was really impressed when you know the apology and stuff, you know. Yeah, that's a class act. That's I mean, I've, totally. I've heard, I've heard he's great. I've heard he's nothing but a class act. I mean, somebody tried to drag him in the news recently. Like yeah, the, the raw app thing. Is that yeah, what you're talking yeah. about? Yeah, he matched with some girl on an app, and uh, and he was a complete gentleman. Didn't say anything, uh, you know, out of, you know, that was mean or derogatory exactly. or, or, or no. dirty or anything like that. And this girl was like, could you believe it? This is what happened. And well, she like, was 19, Chris. I mean, you're yeah. not going to, you're not talking still, about a rocket scientist. I know, <laughs> but still it was just like, <laughs> and everyone on the internet started defending him. They're like, so he was nice and he was a complete class act to you. Okay, great. Like yeah. thanks for, you know, basically boosting his, his dating app appearances now, like everyone's going to swipe right to him now, even more so probably but plus that yeah, dating app probably right. got publicity but I, you guys probably know this too i sometimes think it's all fraudulent like it's all publicity like maybe, maybe. they were all in it you know yeah. they get this publicity and i mean who the hell knows but uh yeah. you know I, who knows i i don't think uh i think ben affleck also was involved with something before, before the reuniting with the the, the benefer the jennifer the situation. Back together it's back <laughs> yeah chris did you just say swipe right he did yes that's that's what you do on the dating. App. Is that right. what, is, that's jargon. That's, I, I don't that's, know. That's I, you're, you're you're heavy into that stuff, aren't you? <laughs> yeah. Well, when you when you're on a dating app, you swipe right if you like somebody. You swipe okay. left if you don't. That's, that's oh my god, I couldn't take it. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> too much oh, pressure. No, too much nobody's, pressure. Nobody's swiping right tonight. I mean, oh, yeah. I'm trying to stay off the Jack Daniels, and I'm getting hit <laughs> with a bunch of swiping left. And, yeah, that's rough. It's a different world. It's a different, different planet. <clears throat> yeah, it is. Nice that's why I'm home. That's why I'm home <clears throat> with my dog watching Law and Order SVU. <laughs> <laughs> that's not a bad way to go, especially. It isn't. I love Sarah Less hassle. Love, you know. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, and you know, before we we wrap up, I would uh, I would like to ask one more thing. Um, sure. You've been privileged to work with so many great people over at ESPN. Um, I, you know, I kind of want to mention it because it was in the news this week is that uh, they yeah. decided to part ways with Kenny Maine. And I, I, yeah. I, you know, I've heard nothing but great stories about Kenny. Yep. Like, how do you feel about the, you know, Kenny leaving? I mean, I texted him right away. It stinks. I texted him right away. I go, you know, you've made me, you always made me laugh the hardest. Yeah. He's a mm. story. Um, be, because uh, I, you guys can, you get it because you do this. You know, he is a guy. I love the dryness. Like yeah. his, his dry, dry wet, humor. Yes. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, I always love that. Um, it's, he, he's very humble. He just, just, he is who he is. I knew him back in the Seattle days. 
He oh, used wow. to work for an uh, independent uh, TV channel. It was Channel 11 at the time. I don't know what the call letters were. I worked for the CBS affiliate at that time, KIRO. And we'd be sitting out there and, you know, waiting for, you know, Steve Largent of the Seattle Seahawks to come out or, you know, waiting for, you know, Gary Payton of the Sonics. We'd all be in there as media just hanging out with our little tape recorders and mics waiting, cameras. Um, so that's where I met Kenny. But um, 27 years, you know, I've been there since 92. He's almost was there almost as long as me. You know, he chose to walk away. You know, they um, he's so talented. He can do anything he wants. Uh, and that's what I told him. I go, I can't wait for the next chapter. So um, I, I just think it's a it's a cliche. It's not. It's a new beginning. So uh, always been one of my favorites. But no one has made me laugh more than Kenny Maine just by his look. We used to have this. I'll tell you this quickly. We used to do these things at the end of the show. We always worked late night, Kenny I, and I did, um, called Did You Knows, right? At the end of the show, back going old school ESPN Sports Center. Did you know? And there would be some kind of question or whatever. So I always remember, like, in the old studio, the camera was diagonal. So I had to look, and here's Kenny on my right side, and I had to look at the camera, but by my peripheral vision, is seeing Kenny look at me, well, I'm reading this on camera, but he's looking at me with his little, you know, face that makes me laugh by just looking at him. And I couldn't keep a straight face reading this, did you know? And, you know, the late show, we were allowed to do do overs. You know, we would do it live and then so it can hold up during the night. I, so we had a, I had a few takes of it because I couldn't stop laughing. He didn't even have to open his mouth. Guys, he didn't have to open his mouth to make me laugh. All he had to do was look at me while I was trying to read something. But I saw his face with that goofy mm. look. And um, that's how funny he is. Amy Poehler used, Amy Poehler used to do that to me. <laughs> See? You know, yeah, I mean, I'd just be like, don't look at me. Don't look at me. Don't look at me. <laughs> exactly, we would be, we'd be doing Regis and Kelly. I mean, like, don't, yeah. don't look at me. Don't look. <laughs> <laughs> she got me every time. You lose it, man. You lose yeah. it. But well, it, here, it's here's great. my here's my follow up real quick though. Like, why yeah. hasn't there been more comedians as Sports Center anchors? Because it's hard. I, yeah, it is very hard. But you think that it's such a natural thing. I mean, we what, like you know there has been a few like Craig Kilborn comes to mind and. Uh, you know, yeah, but he, of- he never wanted to be a sports anchor. I mean, I, uh, I, I you know, he was, yeah. you know, I, I were, you know, listen, with all due respect, he, he did what he did, but, uh, he, his goal was to be a late night talk show host. He'd sit there and watch mm. Letterman every night in, you know, instead of preparing to do sports center <laughs> oh, man. and but he why, would just why, wing it. So, why, so why I mean, he, he, he belonged yeah. in the internet because yeah. I think it's like, you know, people who really love sports like I do, you know, and are passionate about it and put that first in my job, it's not always a laughing matter. You know, like it's not always entertainment. Like you're taking away from the video. You're taking away from the particular play or the achievement or the milestone, yeah. right? Around. Or the, yeah. or the okay. uh, error by you're making jokes that. constantly, but the good ones pick their spots, and that's that would, why that would, be, that would be you. Well, that's what I try to do. But thank you, Daryl. But that's yeah. what I try to do because then it gets yeah. old. That's why I was never into, and I, I respect everyone who did it and made a living out of it. I was never into having a set catchphrase. I was never into being predictable because sports mm. is not predictable. Why do you want to be a sportscaster that is like, okay, here comes my phrase. Here's my, you know, I got to get three in a show. I was like, you know, what, you know, 
I, I, let's just react, you know, uh, make a, a original yeah. joke, funny or attempt one while you're doing a highlight, you know? That's, yeah, but what, that's if, how what, I if you're, what if you're like Chris Berman, half the world tunes, we love the guy, we love yes. Chris Berman. Legend. We do tune, we, we do tune in to hear him go, whoop, you know? Right. And he, that's he cool. Little, and like I said, that's all right. Yeah. You know, but then Chris Chris has a great balance when he does those highlights on prime time where he takes it seriously. He loves the game. He has the passion. He he bursts onto the screen, you know, and he is the one that really got catchphrases right. You know, he 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 knew when to do them. Uh, I don't like the back, back, back during home run derby because every time, every the thing was back, 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 back. Yeah, I mean, every guy, you know, yeah, you know. I mean, okay, I, I got it. It's back, back, back. They hit a home run. It's the home run uh, derby. <laughs> I, I know. I still like that though. I like. <laughs> I know. I like, I'm not saying anything wrong with that. I'm like, being honest with you. I go, but I'm not as nuts about baseball as you are. I mean, and you can understand because I'm a Mets fan, so you have to give me some slack. <laughs> oh gosh, that's for another show. Um, yes, it is. You'll have to have me back. I Listen, do. I, I do li- have to say before we go. I think with uh, one of the be- like the best people ever to do the catchphrase is Stuart Scott. Oh, I well, absolutely legendary. Stuart Scott, and I yeah, I know he dearly missed us, especially over there with you guys. Yeah, right? fearless. Yeah. I mean, and plus he was a great human and a great friend. Just a great human. friend. Yeah. Great yeah. heart. Great human. Great friend. Yeah, just but his, uh, his, his universally like so legendary. They're they're literally still spoken to this day, where people go, yeah. "Who was the other side of the pillow?" And which you know, was so like amazing. That. that was my favorite. But when he does booyah, you know, when he yeah, did that, yeah. I mean, I yeah, I'd hear that on like television shows. Yeah, you know, like like you know, people picked it up. Yeah, yeah, severely missed. There's certain people that can certain people that can get away with it and, and do it. Well, that's the thing. Well. That's the thing. The yeah. one thing, you know, people who just like, oh, who just would start it, you know, and throw out some catchphrases to just try to be part of the crowd. It just was very yeah. forced. I get Right. That. And For so sure. you, you guys as a knowledgeable sports fans and viewers, you know, sports fans are more knowledgeable uh, than people who watch the news. Right. Because sports fans know phonies, you know, they can pick them out. They know when someone's just, you know, playing a role, right? Yeah. They, know to, they know when someone's right? reading the prompter only. Correct. Yeah. Exactly. And and I think sports fans are so, so intelligent. I really do. I think they get a bad rap, but they, they can pick out a phony from a mile away. Yeah, I, yeah. I agree with you. I think so. <laughs> <laughs> and, and they can pick out the genuine article, um, like a shortstop that's a woman in Brooklyn. And <laughs> there may- you go. And maybe someone like maybe someone like you. I don't know. Ah, who knows? I, maybe I got to work at it a little more. <laughs> <laughs> now, nah. uh, one last question before we go. Uh, you have any picks, championship picks for NHL this year since you're a big hockey person? Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, before the season started, I picked the Vegas Golden Knights, rolling the dice on them. Okay. Uh, just, it's just an amazing story. I mean, they've only been in the league four years, and they've been in the playoffs every year. They went to the cup final in their first year. And who wouldn't want a Stanley Cup in Las Vegas? I mean, for goodness sake, how much fun would that be? Yeah. Uh, so I'm sticking with them because I stay loyal to my picks. Um, but um, I'll stay with that. I'm going to just say the Vegas yeah. Golden Knights. Okay. Nice. Yeah. And, how do you, and how do you feel about your Knicks, by the way? Right? Uh, I Good. love it. They overachieved. <laughs> but I knew this was going to happen with Tom Thibodeau as the head coach. Exactly. And incredible. it's just, they, you know, it, what's incredible is James Dolan hired the right people. Leon Rose 
who hired Tom Thibodeau, and the rest is history. And it's fantastic. Made a good decision. I can't believe it. (laughs) Yes, yes. Don't get me started on the Rangers. That's for another time. But uh, so far, so good. Hopefully, uh, it's all moving in the correct path. But as you know, being in New York, I mean, the Knicks. When they're good, it is nothing better. It's nothing bigger. I mean, the Nets, I appreciate what they're doing. You know, it's going to be exciting in the playoffs if they're healthy. Harden, Durant, Irving. You know, I'm going to root for the Brooklyn Nets for sure. Um, And New York's going to rally around them. But, you know, the Knicks, something about the Knicks, man. Oh, yeah. This is always going to be a Knicks town. This is always going to be a town in New York City. And uh, you know what? It's still fun to watch and see, uh, you know, to see them coming back and and making the Knicks kind of, you know, fun again. Because it's been so long. So yeah, uh, I'm I'm happy about it. And I can't wait to hopefully go to see a game, um, you know, in the playoffs, you know? Yes. Uh, We all hope for that. I just, (laughs) and I hope to come, you know, someday to see you guys perform in different cities, but that would be fun. And uh, getting back to norm, that's part of that as well. And, you know, perform indoors as well as the amphitheaters outdoors. Well, Daryl's in L.A. for a while. You can go see him uh, doing the improv on Saturday in case you want to go by. Otherwise, we'll we'll get you to to a show soon. Yeah, we'll have to wait till after hockey season because I work Daryl Saturday night. So there's that. Right, right. You you got to hit the old airwaves there. And uh, for those of you... Uh, who don't know, she's uh, Linda Cohn. You can see her uh, regularly on ESPN Sports Center and on In the Crease on ESPN Plus and here on S- uh, Sirius XM's Mad Dog Sports Radio. Linda, thank you so much for being on our podcast. It was a pleasure having you on. It was indeed my pleasure, guys. Uh, Chris, Daryl, thank you so much. Continued success, and let's stay in touch. Let's stay in touch. Back, 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 back. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Deal. All right. Let's stay Bye. in touch. That sounds right. great. Right. Thank, Thanks thank you so, so much. much. I enjoyed it. it. Really enjoyed it. Thank Very you. Not. It's an honor, Linda. Thank you. Oh, Daryl. Thanks so much for having me. Really. I'm, I'm honored. I'm very flattered. Really. I mean it. Stay in touch. I think it's great. I, I, I'm, I'll have to see you soon. Yeah. Yeah. No let's, let's find, maybe the pads will cross and it'll be a, another fun talk. I know, I'm sure yeah. it will. Yes. Organically. Fabulous. As we talk about the Yankees, <laughs> Yankees versus the Mets. Wow. There it about. is. And yeah. and when I see your episode on uh, Law and Order SVU, I will reach You've out. You've got to let me know if I sucked <laughs> or not. I'm I, going I, in chronological <laughs> order. So I'm only in season two. All right. All right. <laughs> okay. sounds, sounds good. All right. Have a great day, guys. All Bye. Right. Thanks so much, take, Linda. Take care. Take, take care. Take care. I know. Take care. Hmm. Oh, guys, that is our episode. What an incredible guest, Daryl. Don't you think? Linda is just awesome. That's one of our best. Yeah. I th- I just it's think it's, it's just so fun to talk to somebody like her who's such a legend in her field. I mean, she's just inducted to the National Sports Hall of Fame recently. Um, and, you know, she's the longest tenured sports center anchor. She's been there almost 30 years next year. 30 years. I think with that interview, you're going to be able to get a lot of sports figures. And Chris, we're really good with sports. Yeah, I, I mean, if, you know, I hope we can get some more, you know, sports people, players. At, you know, I would love to have like somebody like Michael Kay from the Yankees who does play by play, something like that. Come on, I mean, I just I'm open to anybody that's uh, 
that's got something cool going on and and you know especially like her she's just so legendary i've watched her my entire life pretty much so yeah uh, you know that was that was just fun and she was just a genuinely sweet human being you can tell and uh like i said you can watch her regularly on espn sports center uh she plugged it this saturday she'll be on there and then she'll be on uh in the crease it's a show on espn plus and you can hear her on sirius xm's mad dog sports radio don't forget to go see daryl at the improv this saturday or uh this friday at uh, the silver lake community church uh you can look online for tickets for those and uh don't forget myself and jim search will be at 235th uh, in Manhattan, New York, on the 29th at 8 p.m. And uh, don't forget to add us on social media. At Daryl C. Hammond, I'm at Chris Milhouse. Jim is at Jim Search. And uh, we will be back next week. We've got a whole month scheduled of great guests. Uh, we've got some killer, killer guests coming up. So make sure you subscribe and share these posts on social media, guys. Thank you so much. And uh, we'll talk to you soon. Take care, everyone. See you next time.